What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Rainmakers Fantasy Golf Show presented by DraftKings Rainmakers. This week, of course, we're going to be recapping what was the 3M Open, a wire-to-wire win for Lee Hodges. An event, uh, an event this, this past week that where there really wasn't a ton of drama. There wasn't a ton of theater involved in the golf. And for a, a 2023 season that's been filled with both on-course and off-course drama, uh, we saw Lee Hodges go wire-to-wire, and we saw him basically end the need to sweat much on Sunday on the 12th hole, I believe it was, uh, hit a three-wood in there to about four feet, maybe even three feet for Eagle to move from 22 under to 24 under. At that point in time, the closest chaser was at 18 under. So had a very, very solid six-shot lead. Um, and, And granted, he was playing for his first PGA Tour victory. So I'm sure he was kind of grinding over every single shot, but that had to be a pretty big breath of fresh air when he eagles the 12th, knows that if he just makes par coming in, it's going to take some sort of heroic performance with the entire field in front of him. He would have every inclination uh, if he needed to do anything more than he had already done. You saw sort of the only thing that I saw quite frankly, as the most um, the most debated, the most discussed golf shot of the day was JT Poston's second shot into 18. Uh, JT looking to make eagle and try to force something to happen on the 18th. I think everyone was very quick to essentially say that it was either a good play or, or a bad play. Um, it, it ended up causing him to make an eight, a triple bogey eight, which then opened up the field in second position. Uh, he finished minus 17 and I saw some good back and forth on this. Saw, uh, Kyle Porter and others, big name golf writers and, and, and analysts out there saying, you know, it cost them 240 grand. I think another potential way to look at this is. And JT's in the field this week, so we'll get into this, but I think it's a good sort of soliloquy to, to start us off. Golf is such a individual tournament-based game, but then now with the designated events, with the FedEx Cup playoffs, with all the money being in the elevated events or the designated events, with all the money being in the FedEx Cup playoffs, it was an interesting shot selection. I think initially I fully agreed with Poston who said, you know, I don't, I'm not playing for second place. I'm playing to win golf tournaments. And I think you need that mentality out there. I can imagine you need that mentality out there. But if he doesn't make eight, finishes solo second, he gets what I believe would amount to 90 plus more, 90 or, or more FedEx Cup points, which would have moved him from 49th, where he sits today, into, I believe, the mid-30s in terms of FedEx Cup rankings uh, and and FedEx Cup playoff points. As we all know, if you've been listening to this show, top 50 will get you into the second playoff event, the BMW Championship. It also gets you into every designated event next year during the 2024 season. And while this is all still new and still happening, I do think, I'm curious actually, if Poston had a chance to 
24 hours later, sit down and recognize all of these things, knowing he's playing for the win, knowing he's playing for, you know, victories. And I, I do think I wonder if he would have changed his his very aggressive approach to the 18th had he known exactly where he stood in terms of FedEx Cup playoff rankings and things like that. I, I, I don't know that it changes a ton, um, but I do think it's more interesting than I initially thought. I basically thought, oh, Poston's trying to play to win. It makes a ton of sense. When you when you step back, and you know, of course he's not trying to make triple. Um, you know, when you step back and look at the round holistically, the tournament holistically, what second place solo means, I do think there is an argument to be made that says should have probably just maybe even laid up and tried to make five or four the hard way. Um, so I definitely think it's an interesting conversation. What I saw, uh, at least on Twitter, uh, as one of the most debated or most discussed shots of, of the entire tournament. Uh, well, yeah, we saw Hodges play absolutely phenomenal golf. It was a very tough week in DraftKings Rainmakers and DraftKings DFS to get all of your golfers through the cut. Uh, you look at some of the bigger names. Cam Young missed the cut at minus two. Justin Thomas misses the cut at minus two. Um, trying to see if there's any other big names you want to call out. I think those were the two biggest ones that I certainly had on the list uh, of guys that needed good performances that we thought would play well here, who just didn't make enough birdies to, to get through the cut line. Cut line ended up being minus four. And so we saw a ton of uh, you know teams that that did not have five of five uh, in rainmakers or six of six in, in DFS. If you sat there with a five of five team, you had a pretty good chance to run up the board in rainmakers. I was fortunate enough to have Poston and Hodges in the same secondary elite gated lineup. Did hold on to a, a top twenty, uh, finished twentieth in the elite guaranteed four five hundred. So back-to-back $500 weeks uh, for me, which has been really fun, um, been very interesting to think through, you know, where where I'm currently at with my investment and these playoff events where we're going to get, you know, smaller fields and likely less lineups to compete with. So all of that has been amounting to a lot of fun tracking. Am I selling? Am I buying? What am I buying if I am buying? Um, what guys do I think are going to be you know, underpriced in terms of the Rainmakers market for the next three weeks of play, you know, I guess this coming week with the Wyndham and then the next couple of weeks of playoff decisions uh, and, and playoff, playoff events. So it's been very, very fun game theory on Rainmakers trying to sort out how I think my current lineups stand up and if I need to make some improvements. Uh, and the last couple of weeks of caches have certainly helped me to recoup some of that investment to get very, very damn close to break even and now make some strategic investments to try to take home some of the bigger prizes for uh, these playoff events. Uh, yeah, also seeing Figala was another big name that, that missed the cut there. Um, and yeah, I've been really closely monitoring the, the FedEx Cup rankings and where things sit in terms of how people are moving up the board. So I'm going to bring that up. You can find that right on the PGA Tour website, usually the best site for that. There's definitely some moving pieces in terms of how FedEx Cup points are calculated. Uh, but I think if you look at the jump that Hodges makes, he went from 74th to 33rd with a victory. So you can clearly see 
how these last couple of events of events matter a ton, which is also why we're seeing guys continue to jump into the Wyndham who are outside of the top seven guys like uh, Shane Lowry, guys like a- Adam Scott, uh, a few other guys that are right on the cusp. Obviously, Justin Thomas, probably the biggest name to commit to playing the Wyndham, still looking for a very, very strong performance. I, I read earlier Justin Thomas likely needs a 18, a solo 18th or better performance to possibly get into the FedEx Cup playoffs. So I'm sure that is exactly what is on him and his team's mind, especially as we come down to the Ryder Cup in September. That is where, you know, everyone in terms of golf media and in terms of golf, you know, golf players, uh, they all want to be on that Ryder Cup team. I saw er- announced earlier today, Wyndham Clark on the team, obviously pumped to be in Italy playing at the end of September. So that, that should be a very fun additional thing to be sweating not only the top 70 for who gets into the playoffs but who's going to end up rounding out the captain's picks for both the european side of the Ryder cup and the united states side um i, I myself didn't watch a ton of of golf this this past weekend actually if you saw anything on twitter yesterday took my took my little guy to his first mlb baseball game yesterday it's his birthday coming up on friday so i what i, I only bring this up to say that one reason why I play fantasy, fantasy sports, you know, I really do play for the sweat. I do play for the fun of the game. I'm not, you know, out here playing professionally, trying to win, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I do play for the sweat. It was a very different kind of Sunday uh, where I just tried to put my phone away, not really worry about where I ended up in terms of uh, drafting brain niggers. Didn't really watch a ton of the golf, so I caught most everything uh, in terms of my golf on Sunday, uh, last night on replay, I saw a lot of the different highlights, saw a lot of great shots. So it was definitely a different viewing experience this week, but it was a good one. A reminder of how fun it is sweating the, the sweating the games, watching the games, sweating the leaderboards. Uh, for me, it's probably one of the number one reasons why, why I play fantasy. I know there's a lot of guys out there who you know, rely on the game theory of the, you know, or the, rely on just playing the game and putting their lineups together and trying to make the best decisions that they can and not really even enjoying the sweat. But for me, enjoying the sweat is definitely, you know, a big, big, big reason why I play. Uh, but yesterday was definitely fun to come back to the house after the, the game and to kind of take everything all in. It was awesome to see that my position held. I actually had, it was my secondary team and I only had four of five. So it was the kind of week where, you know, when you have a couple of guys at the top of the board, I didn't have Hodges as my captain, unfortunately had Poston as my captain, but obviously Poston great performance. Um, And when you got two out of, you know, the top guys and only had four guys left, was able to hold on to a very nice score. Uh, And I think that's because there were so little lineups with five of five in Rainmakers this week. So um, we'll be very interesting to continue to keep an eye on that as we go forward. So, um, but yeah, in terms of the golf, straightforward. Uh, Hodges moves himself into that top 50, which is awesome for him. Awesome for anybody who's holding Hodges in their collection. I think that's an underrated part of Rainmakers as well. These last three or four tournaments with guys winning these tournaments. And I was fortunate enough to have Brian, have a Brian Harmon elite in my collection, have a Lee Hodges elite in my collection. And now both of those guys are definitely going to be in at least one, if not two or three 
uh, Rainmakers playoff event. So it should be very fun tracking all of that. You know, Harmon's all the way up there at sixth in the Fleda, in the FedEx Cup playoff ranking. So he's certainly going to be playing in the three playoff events. Should be a really fun stretch of golf as we come down and try to crown our 2023 FedEx Cup champion, uh, which is going to be a battle unlike any other. And then I saw a bunch of news this morning that these 2023 assets are also going to be able to be used in Rainmakers PGA Tour 2024. There will be contests and tournaments for the 2023 assets. So I know there was some speculation out there amongst our community and amongst others uh, that they might copy what they did for football. And shout out DraftKings continuing to innovate. I'm sure we'll see more crafting. The announcement said that we'll see some crafting for to be able to use 2023 cards for 2024, but you'll also have contests for the 2023 cards as well. And then, of course, the biggest news that we have coming up this week is the playoff set drop on August 1st. So that will be tomorrow. I believe the gated or the if you own the greens pass, you'll be able to get uh, access at noon. If you own, if you do not, uh, public access, I believe, let me make sure I get this right, will be at 5 p.m., I want to say. Yes, public drop will start at 5 p.m. Eastern. So uh, that will be very interesting to see that drop. Doing some analysis on the drop as we speak, and I'll, I'll have a little bit more out in the course of tonight and tomorrow. But I think it's going to be a really interesting drop. One, not only are we going to have the playoff contests, which are deluxe uh, prize pool contests, we are also going to have an additional 300, I'm going to get this number right, $350,000 in prizing over the course of the three-week three week playoff schedule that will only be accessible for lineups with this playoff set indication. So it will be a gated playoff set contest. And it sounds like, I don't know any of the details here, it sounds like that $350,000 $350, in prizing is going to stretch the three weeks. I don't know if it's going to be you know singular contests every week. I'm not exactly sure what DraftKings will roll out, but it'll be interesting to see if we get sort of the same contest structure uh, of four rounds or if we get a or if we get different kinds of contest types here at the end of 2023 possibly doing some testing for 2024 i have no idea pure speculation on my part uh we'll have to work work and wait for some more news to come out of DraftKings on those contests but you know it's added three hundred fifty thousand dollars. i think i'll i was going to initially pass on on these uh on these packs just because i feel pretty confident in the in the the in the the collection that I have, but also just you know the up the upper end of my collection, I feel strongly that I have enough guys, or I only need to go to the marketplace and pick up a guy or two here or there. But now that there will be these gated contests, I'm quite interested to see how the drop goes, if it sells out, if there will be a lot of lineups in these gated contests. Uh, I believe there will be rare requirements for the gated contest. Uh, all of the packs include, uh, I want to say it's six rares and then a shot at Elite, Legendary, and even Rainmaker. A very small shot, obviously. Um, but it will be very interesting to see how these packs pan out and to see what the contest looks like for the playoff set. I'm very interested uh, in if there's any differentiation or you know deltas in terms of 
you know, interesting game theory type decisions that you might need to make for these playoff set contests that are different than we've been making for Ram Research all season long. So more news on that coming as soon as we get some details on drop, how the drop goes, and then where the contest will be post-drop. Uh, so that, I think, covers just about everything I wanted to cover in terms of high level for the 3M Open recap, for the playoff positioning, for the playoff set, and then also just so you guys are all informed of when that drop is, everything is starting tomorrow at noon if you hold a Greens Pass and at 5 p.m. Eastern for public sale. Will be very interesting to track. $99 for a pack, 6,000 plus packs, 6,100 plus packs available, seven cards in each pack, six guaranteed rare, uh, and then you know, chant your seven card chance at Elite, Legendary, or Ranger. Should be quite interesting. There are some new golfers, I believe, also in this pack. Just taking a look at the CSV here. I saw Harry Hall in these in this pack, and I saw a few other guys as well that looked pretty new. Uh, but there's also some of the bigger studs. I believe it's the top 100. So you've got guys like uh, Cantlay in here. You've got the Scotties in here. Um, uh, you, you got you got really really solid assets in here alongside some guys that honestly probably won't make the playoffs. So it'll be very interesting to see how packs are pulled and what things look like. But uh, should be a fun fun drop uh, and might be worth. I think it'll be worth at least a hundred dollars um, to to maybe take a chance at ripping something really fun um, and bolster the playoff teams a little bit. So I think I'll I'll be I'll be likely buying one if not two packs here out of this drop. We'll see how things go. All right, let's jump into. I'm obviously a- absent TJ today. Uh, probably 18 minutes in, just so you guys all know. Uh, absent TJ today. We'll get his picks ahead of the Wednesday show. I, of course, you'll be getting double dose of solo coop this week. I, of course, will be back on Wednesday with my solo show where we build teams using our site, otmnft.com, looking at the players' data there, looking at all the pricing information looking where we might have some disparities in pricing or some opportunities for both sellers and buyers in the market. And then, of course, building all of my teams via the lineup builder, the best tool that there is out there on our site, otmnft.com. All right, um, let's get into it. So the Wyndham Championship is played at Sedgefield Country Club. It's a Pete Dye course. Uh, So we will also have Pete Dye at Eastlake. And we just came off of Pete Dye from the Detroit Golf Club. So we're seeing Pete Dye several times. This is a much shorter course. Um, or sorry, not, not Pete Dye. I'm, I apologize. It's Donald Ross. Donald Ross designed course. Um, it is a very short course. Uh, one of the shorter courses on the PGA Tour. I think it's definitely in the top 10, maybe even the top five in terms of short courses on the PGA Tour. Tons of par fours that play very similarly. Uh, in terms of distance, very easy and very scorable par fives. And while the par threes seemingly play along, um, there will be a lot of birdie opportunities at both the par threes and the par fives. Uh, par threes played relatively easy for how long they have played in recent past. Last year, we had Tom Kim as the winner and Sunjay M as the runner up. So it will be very interesting to look at Sunjay and the the continued pursuit that Sanjay has on playing better golf. As we know, he went into a pretty deep decline 
after he went overseas and played in Korea and then came back. You know, he's been struggling a bit. Last week, Sanjay played fairly decent, I want to say. I don't know. I believe Sanjay made the cut. Let's see where he ended up finishing. Where did Sanjay finish? Somebody, somebody remind me. I know where that is. Am I lying? Sanjay? Oh, he did not make the cut. What did he, oh, he was only, oh, must have, must have had a really rough, really rough. Oh, shoots an even par in round two. So I, I thought Sunday made the cut. That is my apologize. Shot an even par in round two, missed the cut at minus one. So Sunday continuing to try to play more and play better. So we have him back in the field at the Wyndham. We take a look at the odds board. He sits at the top, plus 1,600. Hideki Matsuyama at plus 1,800. And then Sam Burns at plus 2,000. I think this this top of the odds board is very interesting. You come down from those three, you got Adam Scott and Russell Henley. Adam Scott, we know, needs a good performance to get into the playoffs. Has played fairly well all season, has made a lot of cuts, but as we talked about last week, hasn't had a ton of top tens, doesn't have a win. So looking to bolster his resume to get into the playoffs. And then you got a guy like Russell Henley who is – sort of like one of these short course specialists. When when it's a short course, when you need to rely on the irons, I feel like Russell Henley always pops. And you can see it again here. Sedgefield, shorter course. Irons are necessary. And we see Russell Henley at the pretty much at the very top of the odds board, plus 2,200. Not going to see uh, shorter odds on a guy like Russell Henley than plus 2,200 most any weeks of the entire year. Might Might have had one tournament, a couple of tournaments back, where he was a little shorter than 2,200. I believe he was plus 2,000. So uh, so 20 to 1, 22 to 1 this week for Russell Henley. And Henley's one of those guys that, and I, and I hate to say this, it'll be the ultimate jinx, but when the numbers pan out in Henley's favor, he usually delivers. So I, I really like Henley this week based on looking at the data. I was taking a look at, um, taking a look at path performance here. He's got three top 10 finishes in a row, fifth in 22, seventh in 21, ninth in 2020. Uh, so three top 10s in a row. So should be a very, very interesting course for a guy like Russell Henley. Um, and, I, and I like the way Hideki has been playing. The challenge with Hideki at the top of the board is doesn't have the best history uh, around Sedgefield. Uh, last two times he played, he missed the cut both times. Will be very interesting. Hideki is the kind of golfer right now, uh, and we, we talked about this last week on the show. I said if it gets to 20 under par, I'm not sure Hideki can win. Uh, but in general, man, Hideki is playing really, really strong golf, not making a ton of bogeys, um, just just getting the ball in the hole. And I don't think anybody hit it closer than Hideki on either round one or round two uh, in the 3M. He just played really, really solid golf, thought he would you know, have a chance to win and struggled on the weekend, just couldn't get anything going on the weekend. Saturday, I believe he shot a uh, two over around, and Sunday comes back and shoots a four under round. So ended up finishing T30. But I, I think Hideki continues to play really good golf. And in a field like this, I'm looking at guys that have that pedigree at the top of the board who can get it done. I think this is the kind of week that is interesting. Can Hideki make enough birdies? in order to get this thing done at Sedgefield. I think you'll need to get, again, into the top, into the high teams. You may even need to get to 20 under in order to win this thing, but it will be quite interesting. But, you know, if we if we kind of ignore from, from uh, Henley on up, 
Henry and Adam Scott on up. And I guess you have, I guess we'll lump Shane Lowry in there. He's at 22 to one as well. After that, it gets very interesting. You come down to Cebu Kim, Justin Thomas, Denny McCarthy, putting specialist, JT Poston, who played his play coming off a couple of good performances. Keith Mitchell played really well on the weekend. Uh, Aaron Rye. So uh, you got Gary Woodland here, who I loved Gary Woodland last week. Really struggled on Friday, missed the cut in pretty dramatic fashion. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if Gary can bounce back. Uh, we got a guy like Bo Hostler as well in this range. Somebody who shot 62, I want to say, nine under on Sunday. Incredible round from Bo Hostler. Set, set, I want to say it was seven birdies in a row on Sunday. Was sort of the only person that, that ever made a full, complete charge to try to get to Hodges. Uh, he was just too far back, but a fantastic Sunday round. Um, and that's the kind of thing these guys in this middle tier can do. And we've been saying this for a couple of weeks now on the PGA tour. If on Thursday or Friday, you can put together one low round, one 65, 64, 63, you really give yourself an entirely different outlook on these courses. You may not, you might not have to go full gas to, to uh, pedal to the metal in order to kind of win and or be in contention to win on Sunday. Um, so I do think it is very interesting how often that has happened this year where somebody shoots a 100, 200 round followed up by an eight or nine under round um, in order to kind of really jumpstart things and get things going and heading into the weekend. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that pans out this way or if we see instead of sort of this up and down roller coaster or if we see more steady incline uh, on the leaderboard this week at Sedgefield where birdies will be made for sure. It will be a matter of uh, if anybody can, if people can continue to uh, avoid the big numbers and essentially, you know, there were less big numbers out there this week than there was last week with all the water in play. It was quite easy to make yourself a bogey, a double bogey, even a triple bogey at times. So I, I think it'll be about avoiding those big numbers this week. All right. I'm looking at some of the key statistics and this is some of the stuff we usually get into on Wednesday, but absent TJ this week, I want to look at a little bit of some of the key statistics that we want. Um, and I say this all the time, shout out Rick run good, really love his site from a data perspective, really gives you everything you need in order to analyze golfers, to get an idea of trends, to make sort of your own most informed decisions with the data that you have. Of course, golf is a highly varying game. Anytime any golfer tees it up, they could go shoot 65 or 75 here on the PGA tour. And none of that would be all that shocking unless your name is Scotty Scheffler. Uh, we don't have Scotty to contend with, contend with this week. If you're any other players in the PGA Tour, Scotty, of course, will be back next week for the start of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, but nobody has the consistency like Scotty. All right, looking at the stats, uh, Strokes Game T to Green uh, ranks 14th out of all the other courses here from a course standpoint, uh, and then everything else is pretty evenly dispersed. Uh, strokes gained around the green. 30th driving accuracy percentage is pretty big around here. Eighth, um, so only eight other courses rank better in terms of driving accuracy and how driving accuracy is correlated to success. So we're going to need accurate drivers of the golf ball. We're going to need guys that can hit wedges and specifically wedges. You know, you're going to just get a lot of wedges from like 115 yards to 200 yards this week. The way the par five, or sorry, the way the par fours uh, are in terms of scaled uh this week a lot of them fall in this 400 to 450 yard range uh and i think you'll be faced with a lot of similar shots from that 100 
20 to 190-ish yard uh, yardages. So these middle irons and and short irons, middle and short irons this week is going to be a pretty big focus for these guys. The par threes play long, 220 yards, uh, 200 looks like two, look, 200 yards on average. So par threes definitely playing on the longer side. But like I said, based on looking at some of the numbers, uh, definitely some birdies out there on these par threes. The course will play relatively benign, one of the more straightforward courses, and which is why you see you know guys like Wyndham, uh, 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 sorry, guys like Webb Web Simpson have a ton of success at Wyndham. And love coming back to this event. You know, I think, you know, obviously will be very interesting to see who is sort of this short course specialist. You know, Webb is one of those guys who reminds me of that. I, like I talked about, Russell Henley is one of those guys. Tom Kim uh, could be one of those guys as well. We've seen Tom Kim playing pretty good golf as of recent and won this event last year whenever he was in the midst of his, uh, his rookie run. So it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, Tom Kim and what Tom Kim is is going to be is going to be doing this week. So, um, what else is out there? Going back to the odds board, looking a little bit at pricing. I think now is the time to be looking at rare pricing on guys that you know are going to be playing these playoff events. I think it's very interesting to see, you know, the differences between Sanjay M and Hideki Matsuyama down to Sam Burns. 25 bucks and $12. That's where you see guys playing in and playing out of the playoffs. Look down at Shane Lowry. He's at 850. We talked about it the last two weeks. Lowry on the outside looking in, but we saw Ali Hodges make a you know 40 spot jump with a victory. You know, if Lowry to, were to win the, this event, he certainly would be in the playoffs, likely would be all the way up into the top 30. So he would likely be playing two events. I think things like that are very interesting. Checking a look, I think he's seven second. I'm not going to say he's not the bubble guy, but he is very, very close to the bubble guy in terms of FedEx Cup. Let me take a look here. Here we go. Where are you at, Lowry? 76. So Ben Taylor right now is the bubble guy, 71st. Garrett Keo, 72nd. KH Lee, I thought would play much better last week. Had a very, very rough first round on Thursday. Missed the cut. KH Lee, 73rd. David Lingmer, 74th. David Thompson, 75th. Shane Lowry, 76th. So I think Shane Lowry at 850 is, if you're looking to just get a lineup or two together and – you're looking to maybe bolster a lineup this week and have an asset for next week. You know, for eight eight dollars and fifty cents as a rare is a pretty solid value, in my opinion, for a guy like Shane Lowry, who, if he plays well, should be playing next week and uh, is obviously trying to play next week. Guys like Lowry, Adam Scott. I was a little bit interested that Adam Scott um, ended up, you know, last week he wasn't in the field, ended up getting in, getting into the field, clearly making a push to try to get into the playoffs. Uh, let's take a look at Adam Scott. I want to say he's even further down. He is 81st in the FedEx Cup rankings. So he needs to jump 11 spots to get into the playoffs. So these are the guys that I'm keeping my eye on. Uh, you know, he's right below Justin Thomas. And like I said earlier, Justin Thomas needs like a top 15 finish in order to get in or have a chance to get in. So Adam Scott probably needs like a top 10 finish looking at a top 10 finish to try to get in so uh, while i think i'll have some adam scott this week you guys know 
got a good bit of Adam Scott. I got an elite Adam Scott. Well, I think I'll have some Adam Scott this week. I had him up for sale last week. No bites uh, on the Adam Scott. I think I'll keep him up for sale. Uh, and if you're going to keep him up for sale, definitely keep an eye on your lineups. Could be the kind of week where people are making last minute purchase decisions and you don't want that to impact any live lineups that you have. So definitely keep an, up on that. Keep an eye up on that. Um, the, the other thing I'll say is use the offers. Uh, we talked about that last week on Patrick Rogers. Saw some people scooping up Patrick Rogers rare for like four bucks. Um, so I really like Patrick Rogers. I put an offer on his elite. Uh, I want to say it was 20, 30% under floor, but didn't end up getting any, uh, didn't end up getting any, any, any sellers uh, at that price. He's ranked 38th in the FedEx Cup playoff points race. So I definitely think he'll be in next week and likely has a chance to play the BMW, uh, the second event of the playoffs where only the top 50 will be there. All right. Talked a little bit about course. Talked about some guys. Um, I think I'm going to look at JT Poston this week as well. Uh, Poston's one of those streaky golfers. He's one of those golfers who... When he finds it, he could really make birdies and bunches. I've liked Poston's game for a little bit now. Look at me do a little peep about Poston, just give an idea here. Um, but he's the kind of guy that when he when he's hitting it well, he can really make birdies in bunches. Uh, so I do think I do think it's quite interesting to think through guys like Poston. Um, and I'll, I'll find some guys down the court. Let me take a look at Poston. Yeah, Poston this past week. L loses strokes off the tee and finishes t2 so i mean his game is certainly putting ball striking his approach game has been solid but yeah when that putter gets hot he can really light it up getting 4.7 shots putting uh and over the course of the last four times he's teed it up he's gained four plus strokes three out of those four 4.78 7.27 and 7.30 with the putter so uh, when the putter is hot, Poston can do a lot of damage. Of course, the putter is highly variant. Hard to rely on it a, a ton, but I, I think Poston's playing really solid golf. Another guy who continues to play golf, good golf, and is back to the form that we like earlier this year is Dylan Wu. Dylan Wu, and uh, again, shout out, shout out Rick for some of the data here, uh, had the best putting performance of the season this past week, gained 11.51 shots putting. Um, and his around the green play, he, he lost three shots around the green. So you could see how that around the green play, he picked it up with the putter. But man, if he just does it a little bit better in the short game, doesn't need to lean on the putter all that much, has a chance to win this, win that golf tournament. Had a heck of a run on Sunday. If it wasn't for Hasso, would have had one of the lower rounds on Sunday. And he just very disrespected. Let's, your Rainmakers is, is one spot where Wu seemingly does pan out pretty good. Um, what is Rainmaker plays? Very interesting to look at these things. Uh, but in terms of like DFS and DFS pricing, Wu just is very disrespected. Uh, yeah, dollar for core, 398 for rare, and 45 for elite. Again, the challenge with Wu is he's not going to give you any access to any of these playoff events, but he should be playing a good bit in the false one. So, I would imagine. Where is he sitting? Uh, Brandon Wu is 54th, and Dylan Wu is 85th. We would need a win, uh, something like a win this week to really make any charge uh, into the playoffs for this year. But I do think I like Wu going forward. I really like uh, I really like his game. 
right, taking a look a little lower down the board, seeing if there's anyone that stands out. Looking at Cam Davis, no TJ and I talked a little bit about Cam Davis this past week. Finished T10, uh, minus 14, had a really nice outing. Shot a six under on Sunday, so a running up the board is really what you want to see on Sunday. Uh, so Cam Davis down there at plus 4,000, sort of in that mid-range, alongside Woodwin, Hostler, Spawn, Harris English. You guys know I like Patrick Rogers, so I'd be I'd be willing to play Patrick Rogers here in this mid range over over a lot of these guys. I think he's in Rainmaker is definitely an underrated asset. I'm trying to see if there's anybody else here that stands out in terms of course history. You know, I think the course history guys. Take a look at what uh, Webb Simpson price is. I like to take a look at Webb. Definitely one of those guys that just really, really loves this event. He's 55 to 1 in terms of odds. 82 cents for his score, 359 for rare, 26 for an elite. Webb is uh, a solid play around this golf course. Definitely one of those guys knows how to play this golf course specifically. So it'll be interesting to see how Webb fares uh, this week. I think his history is pretty insane for the kind of golfer that Webb is. He missed the cut last year, but previous to that finished seventh, third, and twice in a row in 2019, 2018, finished second. Um, so obviously someone who loves this golf course, I believe like one of his kids is named Wyndham because uh, he loves this event so much. So Webb definitely very interesting this week for uh, a cheap and you know relatively low, uh, low odds guy. Nobody I really see kind of beyond that that I'd love to play. KH Lee at plus 10,000 is very interesting. I like KH Lee's skill set. Uh, thought he would fare a lot better last week, but just didn't play as good. So KH uh, Lee, someone who is always on my radar and have a good bit of him in my collection. So I certainly will be playing him this week. Um, but to see him fall down the odds board that far is definitely not not such a positive sign. He's losing strokes uh, in just about every category on Thursday. Really tough round for him. Did bounce back on Friday, made several birdies, but not enough to chase down as bad a round as he played on Thursday. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else down the board worth mentioning. Michael Kim. I like calling out Michael Kim because he's just been so vocal on social media, one of the best follows on Twitter for just about anybody that's in the golf. If you haven't followed Michael Kim yet, uh, give him a follow. Pretty interesting stuff. You get uh, some tweets from him on the course after practice rounds. Uh, I believe he's put a couple different predictions out this year of how tournaments would play, and he's nailed it. Uh, the times when he does give us these predictive tweets of what he thinks will happen, where the winners will land, some sort of range that, that he thinks the winning outcome will be. He's basically nailed it every single time. Uh, so definitely been a very interesting and fun follow. Um, so definitely check out his stuff. I'll make sure we're putting it over there in our Discord link to the Discord in the description. So definitely uh, go jump in, in into the Discord there. We're going to have more info on this playoff set, looking at the, the CSB here, seeing if we can do some analysis on the CSB. So look for that. Uh, and yeah, it should be a fun drop tomorrow for the playoff set. Like I said, I'm very interested in the playoff set contest, if there's any differences uh, in 
the type of contest that you get with this playoff set, or if they're going to run similar sets of contests simply gated to the playoff set specifically. Uh, I do think that will be quite interesting. $100 packs on sale tomorrow, August 1st. All right. couple things, housekeeping items uh, before I let you guys all go. Huge spaces today uh, on the Own the Moment Twitter at 5 p.m. talking all things the Owners Club. Uh, so head on over there. A couple giveaways from our Twitter account for uh, the spaces. So head on over there. That's at 5 p.m. Catch uh, most, if hope to catch most, if not all of you guys over there. Uh, and then we'll have Blitz uh, back this week as well. Uh, shout out all of you guys been playing Blitz. There's been multiple, multiple duplicate winners. Uh, I like the guys playing multiple entries in Blitz Fantasy Golf. It's been really, really fun. Uh, so 99, 99 gold packs will be up for sale. And yeah, we are quickly, quickly approaching August. And with August will be the combination of fantasy golf and fantasy football should be a ton of fun. Uh, you guys saw some news out there on DraftKings about Rainmakers football and the fact that OTM will be in the mix. We'll have some more news on that shortly. Tons, tons of football things coming forward from us at OTM. Should be an awesome season. Should be a really, really jam-packed August as we march to the beginning of September and NFL Week 1. So tons of good insights, tons of good info coming up. An awesome finish to the summer and sprint into football season ahead of us. Uh, we'll continue with this Rainmakers Golf Show through the 2023 season and into 2024. Should be a really fun ride. Been awesome having you all along. If you have questions, comments, thoughts, anything you'd like to share, put them in Discord, and I will go through them on the Wednesday show. Catch you all on Wednesday afternoon, building my teams, talking more about the Wyndham Championship. All right, I think that'll do it for me. Questions, comments, thoughts, hit you all in the Discord. Until then, have a great Monday. See you all in spaces at 5 p.m. Go over to our Twitter account right now, Own the Moment NFT, uh, 5 p.m., ton of info coming out there. And, uh, yeah, talk to you all soon. Appreciate you all. Later.